Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Grace Baptist Church of the Dalles Bible class. And today our text comes from Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 2 and 3. Our message today is entitled, Grace in the Wilderness. And boy, what a glorious chapter we have in this Gospel of Jeremiah. And we find that uh, uh, 20 times or more in this chapter, the Lord speaks of what he will do for the church, what he will do for his people in delivering them and in the the actions that he takes in their behalf. And so today we look at uh, uh, verse 31, uh, chapter 31, verse 2 and 3. If you turn there in your Bibles, please, we'll read that. Jeremiah 31, 2. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So it's important that we we look at a few key words here. And, and of course, those that were left of the sword uh, expresses a remnant. A remnant according to the election of grace, as the Paul writes in Romans, uh, in his gospel in Romans. And grace is nothing more than and nothing less than unmerited favor based in eternal electing love. And, of course, the wilderness uh, often in Scripture pictures the world and sometimes referred to as the wilderness of sin. <clears throat> and Israel here, <clears throat> spiritual Israel, they are not all Israel which are of Israel, we find <clears throat> in, the, in the book of Romans there. And <clears throat> so today's message expands on elements of some previous messages that we've gone through in the book of Hosea and, and especially in chapter 11, verse 4, <clears throat> where Hosea writes at the direction of the Holy Spirit, I drew them, that would be spiritual Israel, I drew them with cords of a man, a man Christ Jesus, with bands of love. And I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws. And I laid meat unto them. What a glorious picture of the Lord, what he does for his people. He draws them. If we come to Christ, it's because he's drawn us with bands of, of love. And he was to them as they that take off the yoke. He says, come unto me, you that are heavy laden, that are burdened, and I, I'll, I'll give you rest. My yoke, mine is easy. So now I laid meat unto them. And so it's a clear declaration of God's love for the church. And, and again, the topic of today's message is this, this unmerited favor, this grace in the wilderness. <clears throat> and <clears throat> this everlasting love that we we're talking about, this eternal love is uh, what that means. Everlasting it means eternal. According to the manifold wisdom of God and bestowed, because of God's eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus. We find that in Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3. <clears throat> the second thing is that even at this present time, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. We find that from Romans chapter 11, verse 4 and 5. And here it's called a remnant, or a people which were left of the sword uh, in uh, Jeremiah 31, 2. And we'll, we'll look today at this cause and preparation and the effect of that eternal electing love that's the basis for for all 
all things in the church. And most notably, I'd like to call attention to a truth that could only exist in God who changes not and whose compassions they fail not. Uh, that that comes from Lamentations 3.2. It is the Lord's mercies that were not consumed because his compassions fail not. And and we have that wonderful hymn that expresses that sentiment, that, that truth about God. Great is thy faithfulness. And this could only exist in God because in the fall man lost the spiritual ability to... Uh, to love spiritually and unconditionally and and that's how God loves the church spiritually and and unconditionally and so uh, as we look at that that it could only exist in God and as we look at these scriptures that talk about his eternal love and and grace that he applies to us in the wilderness we could look at these uh, in in Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 3, it says, Consider him, that's Christ, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And this brings us to what I would I would call our when we were verses. Uh, if you'll recall some of our previous lessons from Ezekiel 36, we have the what we call the I will verses from God. He says, I will give you a clean heart, I will save you, I will uh, wash you and clean you and and all those things that God says he will do and then uh, when that happens in 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 regeneration then we find that that we'll look at ourselves and loathe ourselves for our ways which were not good. We'll have repentance about sin that we didn't have before. We'll have a view of it that we didn't have before. But uh, today we'll be looking at these when we were verses that express how we were prior to that regeneration, prior to that um, miracle work of of God in our in our souls. In Romans five six it says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the god the ungodly. In Romans five ten, for if when we were enemies, enemies against God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. And Ephesians 2.5 Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. So in each one of these cases where it says when we were and it lists a, a, a chief uh, a sentence about our inability, our inability, our our lack of capacity, when we were yet without strength, when we were enemies, when we were dead, uh, then coupled to that directly is God's action uh, that that remedies that. When we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were enemies, we are reconciled to God by the death of His Son. When we were dead in sins, He hath quickened us or made us alive together with Christ by by grace are you saved. And so these these when we were expresses how we were uh, in before regeneration, before we're born again, before he he works in us a, a miracle work. Uh, you know Romans eight seven says the carnal mind is is enmity against God. It's it's so far from him. It's it's enmity and and the turn love that God applies to us and that the church should exhibit toward him and one toward another and 
it's been so trivialized in today's society that the true meaning of love has been set aside and replaced with conceptions which incorporate everything from infatuation to slang terms which are really disingenuous to the true meaning. We, we say, well, I love chocolate, or I love this truck, or I love this sports team, or uh, and it's express a fondness or, you know, a, a enjoyment that we have there, but it doesn't really express the true meaning of love. Uh, uh, sometimes it's used as a synonym for lust, and occasionally it is used in somewhat the correct context uh, where a man or a wife may say, I, I love you, or, or a man uh, may say to his wife, uh, I I love her, and she says, I, I love you, and, and we love each other, and and the true basis that for for love really is found in in God Himself. The very the very nature of God is love toward His church and is bound with all His eternal attributes, His eternal sovereignty, His eternal Almighty power, His eternal immutability. As I change not, His compassions they fail not, His eternal love. All these things, all these attributes of God's nature are focused on his church, on his people. And even when we are dead in sins, even when we are in the condition of enmity against him, even when we were uh, without our own ability, without strength, and, and uh, we're dead in sins and trespasses, he he has always had this love for his people that, that we read about in Jeremiah uh, chapter 31, verse 3. The Lord appeared on of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And so we, we look at that with such wonder, because it exhibits such grace to the church in the wilderness. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> you know, all of man's, uh, in natural man's nature, is, is not focused on love of or to God. It's it says, uh, it said in Romans there, it's uh, enmity against God. And, and <clears throat> you know, Jesus has loved us eternally, and he was the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world for his people. A man, uh, there's no greater love that a man hath than he lay down his life for his friends. And, and that's how he views us, even when we we don't view him that way. He still looks at us and sees beyond our sin and sees that his blood covered it all. In Revelations 1.5, it says, From Jesus, the faithful witness unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Well, how wonderful is that to find out? You know, and we just don't have a glimpse of that until, until we, we've been born again. In John, it says, Unless a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. He can't see it. He can't know it. He can't understand it. First John uh, chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. But he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this is the manifestation or the making known uh, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Instead of being dead in sin and trespasses, we might have, have life eternal. Here in his love, 1 John 4.10, here in his love, not that we loved God, 
not that we were the initial cause of that, but but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, the payment, the, <clears throat> the trade, the, the imputation of our sins uh, to him and the imputation of his righteousness to us. And there in, in, in verse 8 of this first John chapter 4, it's a, it, the end of that sentence is, uh, God is love, and it's a, it's an eternal quality expressed. Uh, in First John uh, three sixteen says, "Hereby we perceive or understand the love of God, because He laid down His life for the brethren. He laid down His life voluntarily. He, he sacrificed Himself in our place because of His eternal love. And this this <clears throat> eternal quality of His love is expressed." in so many ways and he's he's demonstrated his love to and for the church both eternally and in time and the greatest expression of God's love is him as we just read him sending his son to to die in our place the the root of the gospel <clears throat> here in his love not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins first first peter 3:18 says Christ suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust. What good news. He suffered in our place, the just for the unjust. And so his love is expressed eternally as we read in Jeremiah thirty one three, for the Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love or an eternal love, and therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And that's remember we read he, he draws us with the the cords of a man with the cords of love and and that's what Jesus expressed in in John 6:44 he says no man can come to me except the father which sent me draw him <clears throat> and and that's what has to happen and we find out that when we do come to him that's that's because he exercised his his sovereign will his sovereign grace <clears throat> upon us <clears throat> we find that his eternal love is Expressed in time in Galatians four four, <clears throat> excuse me. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. When, when the fullness of time as we know it uh, was come, uh, He came and dwelt among men and and went to the cross in our place. It's expressed in, in, in abundance, the God's love and grace for the church, expressed in abundance in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, rich in mercy for his great love, because of his great love, wherewith he loved us. <clears throat> Isn't that a... A wonderful thought for us to take to the bank every day. God who's rich in mercy because of his great love with wherewith he loved us. God's love is expressed in grace according to his eternal purpose. In Ephesians chapter 1 we read that. that, that, uh, that we, we like to read this whole chapter because it's so linked together. But we'll just read an excerpt here from verse 4 through 11. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the 
glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. All those things that we've looked at here, expressed in time, expressed in abundance, expressed according to his purpose, all contained in that little block of scripture there in Ephesians chapter 1. And we find it's expressed without merit. His love and grace for the church in the wilderness is expressed without merit. And in fact, it's it's expressed in spite of a lack of merit. And uh, we read from Romans, the the ninth chapter, and we usually uh, take a look at uh, Romans nine eleven through fifteen here. But uh, the earlier part of Romans is of nine is uh, is just as valuable in in Paul's writing here about his concern for his brother and and he. And he expresses there in uh, verse 7, he tells us that not because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. They they that are the children of flesh are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. So they are not all Israel, which are of Israel, he says there in verse 6. But as he gets up to verse 11, he expresses this this truth about grace being grace it's unmerited favor and for the children not being yet born neither having done any good or evil that the purpose of god according to election might stand not of works but of him that calleth everything's rooted in his eternal electing love and and not according to any works that we might do or we did do or that we we might do in the future or any evil works that we might commit He loved us before all that transpired. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. For by by grace are you saved through faith in Romans 8, or Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 10. Saved through faith and not that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So in as he says here that it was according to electing eternal love and, and unmerited favor and is there unrighteousness with God, he says uh, he tells us in the scripture, has not the potter power over the clay to make whatever he wants out of it? It all belongs to him and if he chooses not to make something out of one, but chooses to make something out of another, that's his sovereign right. It's his sovereign purpose that he can do that. And and, and the thing made doesn't have anything really to say about it. It just it, it turns out the way he purposes it. 
So in Romans again 5, 6, when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. <clears throat> when we were without strength, that that unmerited favor, that grace in the wilderness. And <clears throat> so we'd like to just close out there for today and hope you have some things to think about there and to rejoice in the Jesus who gave himself for us, the Lord who loved us and gave himself for us, grace in the wilderness. Thank you for your attention. Until next time, as always, be free.